Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everyone. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach with another fantastic interview. Get to interview somebody who is a friend of mine. I met through uh, one of our mutual friends, Melanie Benson. His name is Dan. Let me introduce uh, Dan to you. He's a husband, a dad, a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor. He's the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Breakthrough 3X. He helps business owners like you connect the dots and see the blind spots that get people stuck when we all get stuck. Does that by helping you implement unique sales and marketing systems so you get more clients, growth, and profits and have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. With over 25 years of business experience, Dan has started 11-plus companies, coached over 5,329 business owners from over 180 niche industries, nine countries, and had clients and partners like Joe Polish, Dean Graziosi, Genius Network, and more. He's bought and sold multiple companies as a regular media contributor, hosts his own radio show, and has been a featured guest on multiple TV, radio, print, and online publications such as ESPN, NBC, Speed, Thrive, Huffington Post, just to name a few. Dan, you're a busy guy. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, Jim. It's great to be with you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I just turned 60 a couple of weeks ago. I mean, with all, you, with all you've done, you're probably like 70 or you're just a massive <laughs> implementation guy implementation and my wife says I only know one speed so you can guess what speed that might be it's full bore or sleep is, is pretty much <laughs> how I roll. so um, so yeah we met um, I think fourth quarter last year through Melanie yes good friend of ours and um, I'm, I'm happy for the connection and you're so I'm always interested in the backstory of the entrepreneurs that I have the pleasure of introducing Were you, are you a first generation entrepreneur did you have a dad or granddad or did somebody kind of mentor you along the way? I would say that my uh, you know, biggest advocate and inspiration was my dad from a couple angles, Jim. And, you know, my dad worked, he was brought up in the, the, the auto industry. We grew up in Southwest Detroit, inner city, and he was a blue collar worker at, G, at a big company, auto, auto manufacturer. He got laid off about nine different times uh, during, you know, almost a couple decades. And I watched us go through these ups and downs and ups and downs. And, you know, if you've ever had to, you know, be humiliated with walking into a store with welfare stamps um, as a kid and having people laugh at you, it'll certainly take your temperature. And for me, that was a real eye-opening experience. And it was also part of the drive of like, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do it you know, a better way, a smarter way. I'm not going to follow this corporate path for big companies because there's no real security there. And my dad also, uh, to his own credit, pursued uh, entrepreneurship, pursued running a business. You know, he had a printing company when I was a kid. I got to work in that printing company and I watched what my dad did well. I, I watched what he failed at and I got to learn from that experience. My dad also, Jim, introduced me to the personal development uh, you know, around nine, 10 years old, I remember sitting in my first seminar, it was a baseball clinic. And 
you know, I can remember the manual they gave out to this day. I can remember one of the pages as clear as day. And I remember the headline of that, uh, that page, which is about positive mental attitude. And like the first sentence said, you know, what success in baseball, sports, and life is 90% mental, the rest physical. Focus on the mental game, right? Wow. And uh, I, I was very fortunate. And then he inter- I remember, I, 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 I don't know how many books you have been inspired by as a kid, but I got to read biographies of some of the greatest uh, ball players at that time, Mickey Mantle, um, you know, the good and the bad, Pete Rose at the time, Charlie Hustle, the good and the bad. Uh, I got introduced to a, you know, a great book when I was 15. My dad introduced me to uh, Dr. James Lore. It was a book called Mentally Tough, Applying Sports Psychology uh, to Winning in Business. Because my dad had always said, you know, you, you know, because my dream as a kid, Jim, was actually to be a pro athlete, to play pro baseball. And I thought that that might be a path. And then, uh, unfortunately, injuries or, or just plain I wasn't good enough. Right. It didn't work out. But my dad, thankfully, inspired me. He said, if you take the same focus and obsession and, and, and desire and apply what you're doing towards baseball, towards business, you'll be successful in anything you do. And so he introduced me to that concept from Dr. Lauren. It opened up a lot of doors and, uh, you know, a lot of great opportunities over the years. That's crazy. So your dad was really into um, self-development then. I mean, did he go to, ever go to Tony Robbins or anything like that? Or No, he, he, uh, Robert Allen, um, no money down real estate was something, uh, a guy named Dave Ramsey, who was a little known financial expert at a little radio show on, the, on, on the Midwest called Financial Peace at that time that nobody had ever heard of him. This is, you know, decades ago. My dad listened to Dave and got me introduced to his books uh, back then. I'm financial manager. And Charles Givens was another one who had some issues later on, you know, uh, government-wise. But uh, those were a few that he followed. And he gave me access to those. And I would read them on the side for whatever reason. I've always been fascinated about uh, learning interesting things for me, right? Like I'm not like your typical attending school and be excited by that, but I love to learn. I love to grow. Our number one value in our company is growth, right? Stretching the status quo and look, taking a 360 view uh, of things and disrupting the status quo too. And uh, so, so my dad introduced me to these things. So I wouldn't say he was a personal development uh, junkie, but I would say that he got interested in personal development and just because it was laying around, I got fascinated by it. <laughs> wow. So Dan, was he cool with you going into business? I mean, a lot of times when your parents do something, they know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's kind of like, you know what? You should probably do something else. Or was kind of like my, my oldest son was a musician and I said, go be a musician. You know, sometimes you stare, you stare people away from what they think might be hard. Oh yeah. So, so I've got several stories, Jim, you're bringing up some good, and I've never talked about these things. So like my first business, I started out of college. Um, I went to school to be a teacher because, you know, a respectable profession. I played college baseball, had a lot of fun, but then I was in my final year of doing like student teaching. I was looking at everybody uh, coming out and I was like, wait a minute, I'm not projecting the financial opportunity. I was like, I might have a roommate named dad till I'm like in my 30s. <laughs> That's right. That didn't seem that exciting. And the school system seemed archaic to me. It seemed too structured for me and like, you know, not really empowering students and outdated. And so I was like, how do I apply teaching to a profession? So I ended up in marketing. My sister in the summer got me a position, a direct mail company, Jim, all the way back in the late 80s. So I got another 
wind of personal development is through that experience because, you know, it was marketing, direct mail. I got fascinated by the human psychology, how you could put print on paper, send it out, people would respond, pay money. And then we were doing that with radio. We were doing it with TV. I learned about media buying, trade, all this stuff like in my late teens and early 20s. And it was, it was fascinating. And I love the human behavior. And, you know, and I started studying people like Tony at that time, Tony Robbins and, and uh, Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy. And come out of that, and I was like, oh, I can do this better than the companies I've been working for for like three years part-time during the summer. So I started my first business in 1992, right out of college. And of course, my dad was like, son, are you sure? Like, is this, you know, you're just getting started and you're young. People aren't going to respect you because you're young. And, and by I, the way, we just got you a degree in teach early education, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, um, and so he was, you know, he was just a, a dad who didn't want to see his son fail. Right. Right. And uh, so I got started. We, we had a lot of success right out of the gate with our first company. But unfortunately, I didn't have a good acumen around, you know, negotiating and contracts and partnerships. And so I had a business partner, a friend. We went to business and he ended up liking the bank account better than I did after almost a year and vanished and had to start all over and regroup, started all over again, had some financial challenges, right? I ended up basically on the verge of bankruptcy, which I've been through, right? Uh, not proud of that, but it just, it, it you know, something I learned. And so my dad, after that experience was like, Oh son, you, you know, you, you need to take a better, why don't you go get a, a job? And so then I ended up starting another company, uh, about a year and a half after that experience, Jim started it. My dad was anti the experience because, you know, I would talk to my dad about what was working, what, what, what didn't. And I remember one turning point, my mom actually called me and said, you know, your dad actually talked to like a HR manager at a company. I think it was Intel or something in Tennessee. Cause he went and worked with Saturn out there and uh, somehow he met this guy at Intel and my mom calls me and says, yeah, your dad got you hooked up with a, why don't you move here? You can get regrouped. You know, you can live here for free for a while. We'll get you a car, all these different things, another car, right? Better one than what you're driving, all this stuff. And I was like, mom, listen, I mean this with the utmost love and respect, but if you ever call me again and try to talk me out of my dream, I'm pursuing my dream. Mm. If you ever do that again, you and dad won't see me for at least five years because I'm focused on what I'm building. I had to make, that was like one of the hardest conversations I ever had, of course, with my mom. And then it got to my dad, you know, it created some friction between us, of course, for a little bit, but we got through it. And I ended up that focus, that commitment, that drive, that passion, uh, Jim is ultimately a catalyst of me. It was like, you know, the old saying in the book, think and grow rich and Tony Robbins, you got to be willing to burn the boats. That's it. And for me in my twenties, for me, I think as I think back, I made that choice and it was hard. Like, I mean, imagine having that conversation with your mom, right? Like that's not an easy conversation. I mean, what did you, what did your dad say to you? I mean, he must've called you and had some, some words with you. No, he didn't like it. I mean, there were for weeks, we didn't talk. He mm. was like, just, he, he uh, disconnected. Like he just shut off in, you know, he was furious because if he talked, he, he felt like he would lose control and scream or whatever the case might be. Um, so it created space between us for, for quite some time. And then my mom, to her credit, she kind of brought us back together after months of this going on. Right. It was not easy, but I think it was that, Jim, like, as I, if I really think back to like a big turning point, it was truly getting committed 
to my vision for and I was willing to sacrifice and I'm not saying everybody should do this I'm not just saying everybody should have this conversation with your mom because it as I think back to it was I mean I was in tears I was all worked up I was all fired up but it's true I was building something I believed in I was passionate I knew I would figure it out it wasn't an if it was a when and no matter and I told my mom no matter what I have to go through I'm going to figure this out and luckily it's where, and by the way, along the way, I've, you know, since, since that time, I think I've had another eight companies and of the eight, you know, I'm fortunate, Jim, that a few of them were eight figure companies, a, a few of them were seven figure companies and a couple of them I crashed and burned and had to bury in my backyard. Right. Right. And I was fortunate to sell some companies and buy some companies and, you know, been very blessed. It hasn't been easy. There's been ups and downs, but that experience, that turning point moment of truly going, I'm committed to build something with a bigger future, right, was something that opened the door, I think, to, you know, there's that old idea of faith, which, you know, you can have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And you can't have faith and you can't have doubt at the same time. That's true. If someone is listening right now, if you're listening right now, like what potential voice are you listening? Are you listening to that voice of doubt? We all have it. And I know there's certain experts, Jim, and you know this too, that say crush that doubt and, and bash that doubt. I don't say that. Embrace the doubt. Doubt is good. But you know, go embrace and focus on your faith. Focus on your desire. Focus on your passion of what it is that you're excited to be able to build and, and go for it. You know, there's uh, so much I want to dive into on the business side, but I like it in the background first. And even though we're talking background, you shared some really important things I want to make sure our our listeners pick up on. First of all, how how blessed you are to have, you know, loving parents who want to protect you. I mean, that's the parent's job. I mean, I'm I'm 60 and my dad's still like, now before you leave the marina, make sure you got fuel. It's like, oh, geez, I never thought of that. (laughs) You know, they're always going to do things to protect us. It doesn't matter how old we are. Um, You know, quick story similar to your, your parents not wanting you to get hurt. My, my older brother um, only went to two years of college and my parents helped him through a neighbor get into um, this grocery store chain called Kroger's when we lived in the South. Oh, and yeah. he graduated. Uh, he became a manager in the meat department, a butcher. He was like on the fast track within the Kroger chain. And he left this job with benefits and growth and everything to work for a startup as a part-time um, van mechanic. And that company at the time was called Federal Express. And there was no benefits, no nothing. He was on the ground floor down in Kentucky. And um, at the time, FedEx had used vans and used DC-9 jets and stuff. And he he saw something and he took his shot. And of course, he, he rose up as a, a major VP. He retired early, you know, not a financial worry in the world, but my dad said, you are crazy. You're leaving this good steady job, you know, for some fly by night startup, which had turned into FedEx. But I mean, you know, wow. But that is fantastic. Right. And, but the bigger lesson there, which you pointed out is we, we have to, as, as entrepreneurs, we have to protect our mindset. And if we're always listening to and, and absorbing naysayers and people who say you can't, you shouldn't, you're going to crash and burn. I mean, we do have to protect, I mean, our minds are, is our, is a wonderful thing, but it can hurt us and help us as you know, all too well. Yeah. It's so funny you say that, you know, Jim, I know, um, you know, having a 12 year old and a 10 year old, right. There's so many lessons we get from our kids, right? And for me, I look at my kids and I think about like, what were some of those critical decisions for me that, you know, have helped 
support me, right? It's not foolproof by any means. I don't think there's a one size fits, but like if there was like one or two key strategies that you'd want to teach your share your with your kids, like one of them that I really work hard to educate my kids on is you become who you hang around. So be very conscious of who you're spending your time with, because if you do what they do and you hang around them, you'll get what they've got. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, and whether it's in the classroom, out of the classroom, on the field, right, extracurricular activities, et cetera. And, you know, that's one simple little thing. And then, like you said, the mindset, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? We've got to be very diligent at protecting what goes in. Like, you know, I've, I would call myself a, a personal development junk. I bet you I've invested over a million and a half dollars now, Jim, in different programs, coaching, consulting, et cetera. I'm regularly listening or watching different types of programs even today to get that like one degree now of perspective or a new view or a new outlook that can help, you know, just transform what it is that we do. And, and uh, you know, that being a lifelong learner is, is something that I think pays dividend. It pays you to, to attend, if you will. So uh, before we get down to the nitty gritty of what you're doing today to help um, business owners, what do you think the biggest lesson has been? You mentioned you, you've had several seven, seven figure and eight and a couple eight figure businesses. You crashed and burned a few. What's the biggest lesson you learned from your experience so far? And then what would be something that you wish you had the guts to do earlier that maybe the younger you thought, mm, maybe I'm not ready for that yet? Wow. So, so a couple things to think about as it relates to lessons, you know, so one is multiply by subtracting, which I think I first heard from Shannon Waller, Dan Sullivan, or Joe Polish. I forget which one of them, uh, but, and I like to give credit where credit is due. So it's multiplication by subtraction, right? And what I mean by that is like in my early years of business, Jim, one of my uh, uh, faults or one of my failures, if you will, are learning opportunities. When I would build models in business, I thought they would last forever, right? I don't know if you've ever done that. You build this campaign, you build this model, it's working great, it's sustainable. I mean, I remember getting started with one campaign that we built and we went literally uh, overnight using online methods to 10 sales a day, right? For like a coaching model, consulting model, 10 a day from zero, like almost, I mean, it was a lot of buildup to get to that point, but 10 a day, and then it was 10 a day, and then it grew to 300 plus a week, right, within a few months, and then that lasted for about a year or so, and, and after a year or so, I, I remember getting comfortable, so the key is, is to multiply by subtraction, realize that, you know, in business, everything has a lifespan, it's kind of like sports, the greatest sports athletes have a lifespan, a window of opportunity to capitalize on it, so understand that you multiply by subtracting, uh, do more with less. You understand things have a lifespan or a window of opportunity. And then the other is, you know, I think I've learned that focusing on strategy or principles outweighs tactics any day and any hour and any minute. And I see a lot of potential problems in the marketplace today because so many people are falling towards the tactics and not really getting into the strategy of human behavior and building that foundation and, and, and they build something and then it crashes easily and quickly like when Facebook changes a little thing or Google changes a little thing and they're out of business because they didn't really focus on the so so it's strategy and principle over tactics and then the other that ties in with this kind of I'll 
you'll call it this 360 view, is being a 10 times uh, focused person versus a 10% focused person. In other words, being transformational instead of transactional. Being transformational instead of linear thinking, right? Um, so, so those are a couple things that I think have, have made and knowing what I know today would make a huge difference if I were starting all over again in my teens. And then the second question you ask, if you can refresh, refresh my memory. Something you wish you had the guts to do earlier because you look back and go, damn, I wish I'd done that. You know, I wish I had either done it or done it earlier. Say no more often. Yep. Be more discerning um, of who I do business with, who I bring on as a client. Um, you know, in the early years, I, I, I would take on almost anybody and I would say yes to almost every opportunity. I'm a highly creative type. I can see opportunity in almost anything. And there's a gift to that and there's a curse to it. But I think today what I've discovered, Jim, uh, through a lot of mistakes is, is that the not to do list is far more important than a to do list, right? And not doing business can save you many times. <laughs> unraveling a lot of chaos, a lot of drama, and a lot of stress. Yeah. I had a mentor once tell me, because it's like, I'm very much like you, I think creative just out the wazoo. And, and um, I forget, I had four or five things going. And I went to this meeting and mastermind. And I said, I'm going to do this year. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And he goes, you know what, Jim, if you would focus at least half as much energy marketing what you already have created instead of going out and creating something new, you'd be so much farther ahead. And that just, I mean, I remember standing in front of the group turning a little red, but I also felt relief that, wait, I don't have to build anything anymore. I can just market what I've already done the last few years. And, it, and, it, I, and that's been my mantra ever since that. I've, you know, other than writing books and things, I really haven't created that much new. That's awesome. You know, and that's a sustainable model, Jim, right? And I mean, your reputation, you know, has been built over time because of that. You know, you've built, you've built a business, not, uh, you know, not a campaign, if you will. And right. you know, there's a big difference between the two. And unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, fall and follow experts and follow certain types of leaders today that where it's more campaign driven, more transactional than it is more sustainable driven. And you're a great example of someone who's built long-term reputation, and sustainable and can show others how to do it too. So I don't know how many businesses you're going, you have going today or have your, your stake in, but what's the main business where you're helping small business owners, you know, implement unique sales and marketing systems. And let's talk about that and, and how you're helping people. Yeah. So, so, so short version, we are an implementation team for companies struggling to, you know, really get their marketing right or sustainable sales. In other words, if your sales are, you know, up and down or you've hit a plateau and you just haven't been able to, you know, get past um, a certain point, you've kind of hit that ceiling. What we do is we come in and we help as an implementation team to grow your sales, to grow your leads in a predictable way, to build a steady flow of clients. Uh, so you can spend more time as the owner, as the entrepreneur working on the business versus in the business. And we have a couple different programs that we offer to do that. One is more of a private client advisor service where typically we come in and, you know, we do get some equity or profit sharing in the company. And so we work with, you know, about a dozen clients in that role currently. And then we have another program that's more like an incubator model for companies under a million dollars in revenue where we work with them to build up. And of course, you know, truth is, you know, I won't you know hide behind the curtain like a lot of experts. 
our goal of working with people in the incubator model is of course to ascend them to beyond that million dollars mark and ultimately we can move into a potential opportunity if it's a right fit where we have that profit sharing opportunity to grow as they grow and it's most of our programs uh jim are based on uh, results in advance which uh, a lot of people like too <laughs> that's a that's a big um i don't say it's a buzzword these days but a lot of people are going to that and i i don't know about you but i think this whole i mean first of all i think online marketing has has been tr a tremendous asset but i think people uh, fall back on it a little too much. I mean, yes. you, back in your printing days and direct mail. And I mean that somebody's, um, cause I, you know, with my new, no hassle newsletter business, somebody with the always thinking email newsletters, no paper and ink, no. Yeah. But the only way to get a hundred cent deliverability is to put it in somebody's physical mailbox at the end of their driveway. That's right. You know? And, yep. and, and it, so how bad is it if you invest a dollar and, and you just keep getting more repeat and referral business versus sending out a free email that three people see. So anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, I know the, uh, <laughs> the online marketing, you know, everybody thinks it's quick, fast and easy and, you know, get an opt-in and, and next thing, you know, Ooh, Hey, I like, they got my report. Let me see if they want to join my $30,000 program. People go right to the jugular. And, um, so I think people get turned off by that. Do you do do a lot of your programs are, are would you say you're 50, 50 online, offline, or do you just help people do online better? Or where do you fall on that? Well, I'm a big uh, advocate of integrated uh, channels, integrative marketing. In other words, uh, you get a greater lift when you can add, you know, online with offline, right? Um, like, for example, one of the clients I'd worked with not too long ago, we added a direct mail campaign. Something very simple, by the way, really can change the game for businesses, right? And, you know, you set, in, instead of just relying on online marketing, you send out a direct mail piece. And so this particular client was, you know, a high profile client. And they were hosting an event that they do regularly. And we created a simple, almost like an, if you could think of an elegant wedding invitation, but for a business event, They're not anything complicated that, I mean, that complicated. I mean, they're, you know, it would cost a few bucks per, per mailing to, you know, have quality, you know, like a wedding invite type thing. Cause you know, here's the number one problem with mailing something is getting it open. Right. Getting the attention, getting the attention. So if you send somebody a wedding invite, they're going to open it because they're curious, like, who is this? What is it? And then they open it up and they find out you've been cordially invited to this exclusive business event. And Oh, by the way, here, who else is going to be here? We literally got a $10 for every dollar return uh, on uh, that mailing. Mm, that's right? huge. And then guess what we did? We sent out a second notice for that mailing, <laughs> right? And that gave us a lift. And then we sent out a third notice, right? When, when's the time to stop mailing is when it doesn't pull anymore, right? That's right. So, so but you know, th that sounds so simple and it is so simple, but you, people will hear that and they'll think of it. Here's another problem I see in the market, uh, Jim, and I'm sure you see this too, right? Is people think everything is a one-off and, and here's what I mean by a one-off. It's the difference between um, like an old school marketing mindset, which was, I would call it the strike a match, throw the match in the fireplace and immediately catch a fire, right? Because maybe there was gasoline on the logs or gasoline on the barbecue, right? And so everybody expects everything like right now or it doesn't work for me. And what I have found and what I try to work, and I, these are the kind of clients that we look for too, who understand the long game. Uh, and true ROI and the long-term value of a client and its relationship 
meaning it's transformational, not transactional, right? I have zero interest anymore working with people who are transactional or looking at like the short term. And so what it is, instead of throwing, striking a match, throwing it in, trying to catch a fire, throwing a match at a time in this fireplace to catch this big blaze, instead, what do you do? You just simply light a piece of paper to start with. You get it lit, you get a fire going, then you put some kindling on top of that burning piece of paper. Now you got some kindling, you got a little bit of heat. Now you get some branches you put on top of that, that paper. Now you set a log up on top and now that log will burn for hours, if not days done right. Mm. And that's what good marketing is, is all. It's not a one-off thing. It's not like, let me throw this thing and catch it immediately. Now, the, online marketing does give us advantages. Like I love testing online marketing first for messaging, for the offer, et cetera, to then transfer that over. It's a transferable thing where you can then put it in an offline market, right? We, have, we use with certain clients, we use magazine ads, which is an old school kind of technique, but nobody is there. You know, most people are too cheap and they're too lazy to really go and do the research. And the reality is you can get things like in, in magazine publications for pennies on the dollar with something called remnant space. You can do the same thing with news publications, specialty. You can do the same thing in you know, online newsletters. And when you combine like traditional, what most people are teaching, the online side, run an ad on Facebook and run an ad on you know, Google or pay-per-click, and that's what the, their main focus. When you combine these things, you get an amazing lift. Like right now, we're working with a, one of our clients is an HVAC brick and mortar, right? And you know, very successful company out of Pennsylvania. They didn't really have a great online digital presence. We've come in there. We've created some simple offers, irresistible offers online combined with what they're already doing with the great reputation they've had and we're getting over four dollars for every dollar but it's a system it's not like one one thing and you're gonna you know get that kind of result it's a series so marketing is also like link as i see it it's a it's a journey not a destination it's links in a chain it's like a mini series like if yeah. you look at netflix uh jim um like netflix just pulls people in. Why? You'll watch a, a video or, or, or a uh, episode of something and then it says the next episode is starting in five, four, three. And, and you can't help but just- I know. Out, right? <laughs> That's how Patterson writes books, by the way. I don't know if you're a fan of yes. his, but he has these short chapters. And you figure, well, I'll just get one more. And one next thing you know, it's two in the morning because you can't, you, you got a three-page chapter you figure get through and he hooks the end of every chapter. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you can think of your business like a mini series method, which is actually a term we, we've developed, it's the mini series method. I mean, we're even seeing this in Facebook, like one of the simplest things that most people can do to boost their authority, boost their credibility in a cool, non-douchey, cool, effective way is you can create like these one to two minute um, kinetic videos. Doesn't even have to be you on video and provide some value and content about a one minute, two minute, like look at it as a trailer, a mini series, driving to a blog or an article post related to that content piece. And literally we're doing this. Like one of our um, other private clients is uh, in specialty is in the stem cell industry. And they, they were their clinics. They had multiple clinics uh, in Florida and Ohio and their sales had kind of gone flat using digital. We implement, help them implement this strategy, the mini series method built some trailer videos and what ended up happening, one minute video driven to an article. And then what happens is you can identify how many people engaged in that video, you know, from three seconds to 10 seconds to 50% to 75 to 95, hundred percent. 
And all the people that engaged in that video, 50%, we took to a second video, almost like an autoresponder in email, automatically, using the, the different techniques online. So we took them to a second video. Those people would watch also 50% of that. Now we put the offer in. So you're only putting your offers in front of people who truly are engaged in what you do. You're not beating them over the head. You, in other words, you're not the annoying sales pest. Right. You're more of a welcome guest because they're engaged. And so this company, by the way, employing this method, flat sales, we put the mini series method in place with two videos driven to then an offer. They're now getting over four and a half dollars for every dollar they're spending online. They're literally spending over ten to fifteen thousand dollars a week now in what in filling their clinics with you know perfect potential candidates, perfect type clients for their businesses. That is fantastic, man. I'm down to three minutes, and I, I could ask, <laughs> I could talk to you for another hour. I'm hoping that uh, maybe this fall I can get you back on, Dan. I just, would I, love I, to. I Jim. love our conversation. How can people connect with them? People are probably fascinated with everything you're sharing. What's a good uh, website for you? Yeah, the easiest one, if you want to check out our current on-demand training, we like to rotate our different trainings. So if you want to go check out our on-demand training, which we make available free in the market, get some of the updates on strategies like this mini-series method, we actually have a blueprint for it. So you can go to championbusinessblueprint.com. That's championbusinessblueprint.com. If you want to get some access to some cool content, learn more about World War II, you can go to breakthrough3x.com as well, breakthrough3x.com. So breakthrough3x.com and championbusinessblueprint.com. Break, yes. Got it. Yep. Dan, thanks so much, man. This, I mean, literally, I, I loved our conversation. I'm kicking myself. I don't make my show an hour, so, but then sometimes I'm glad it's half an hour. But for you, I wish it would have been an hour. Really look forward to uh, connecting with you again. Same here, Jim. Thanks, man. Hey, hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Dan Cushell. He is uh, obviously a brilliant man, entrepreneur, and someone with a very, very good mind. So go connect with him. Um, if, if you and I are not connected yet, you can do so at my uh, free Facebook group called Build Your Dream Business Now. Handy link to get there is dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. That is it. Until this time next week, another great interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.